Lundit Lopate at large. I'm Lundit Lopate. It's the end of the year, and dictionaries are naming their words of the year for 2021. We've invited our favorite language experts, the brother and sister team of Catherine and Ross Petrus, to give us their take on the new words that they think will stay with us. Their most recent book is Awkward, spelt A-W-K-W-O-R-D, Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And like their other books on language, that doesn't mean what you think it means and you're saying it wrong. It's published by 10 Speed Press. They also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. If you have a question on word usage, grammar, or pronunciation for Kathy and Ross, we invite you to call us at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Kathy and Ross, welcome back to our show. Hey, Leonard. How you doing? Okay. Ross, are you there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here we go again, right? <laughs> well, anyway, Kathy, the... Um, you got I, me. <laughs> you got the important Petrus. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. The sibling rivalry, does this go back a long time? <laughs> Rears its ugly head. <laughs> the Oxford English Dictionary is named Vax, their word of the year. I guess we should be surprised. Merriam-Webster's is vaccine. They're not new words, but would you say they're the most important words we've been using this year? Well, they're so, so ubiquitous now. But this actually goes the other way. Ross and I have been starting compiling a list of words we'd like to see retired. And among them is jab, which is like the mm. you know, funny way of saying back. So it, it's it's like a dichotomy there. I, we just got a little tired. We got jabbed out. You know how all the media <laughs> kept saying jab instead of vax mm-hmm. to make it, I think, a little more uh, friendly, if you will. But it's the same thing. Uh, any other words like jab that you don't like? Oh, God, don't get me started. Are you kidding? What okay. about you? What are words you, you're sick of hearing? I'm curious. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been thinking, compiling a list, although we'll come to some of the things that, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I, before we get on to some more of the words of, of the year, uh, some of the things that uh, I have noticed, uh, uh one of them is the growing use of the word literally when it's totally unnecessary. Oh, God. Not only is it used like incredibly and so often, it's also used, as we've talked about, I think, before, incorrectly. I mean, I know now you're allowed in quotes to use literally to mean figuratively, but it seems like everyone's chucking it in when there's absolutely no That and essentially, that's another one I'm tired of. Yeah, well, they're saying it's literally raining. What do you mean? It's it's raining or it isn't raining. (laughs) I always thought that literally was used when you were talking about something that was generally metaphorical. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. I don't. I think that we've lost. We've you know, it's literally this, raining cats and dogs would be okay. But well, that literally. would be that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a pun here that's that's eluding me at the moment. But no, I'm yeah. with you on that. We have Ross. Is Does that, that mean Ross? You're back. You're here. Okay. Ross. Anyway, another Hello. one. Another one, I think we've mentioned it before, is the growing use of the word multiple instead of many or a number of. The one that's getting to me lately um, is hack. Everybody talks about like, oh, this is a hack. It's like a cleaning hack. And back in the day, we called them hints. And I don't you know hear why me? everyone yeah. wants to make it a hack, you know? Oh, Ross, is I that, just, are you here? I just did a phone hack on the uh, Zoom. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. 
Very nice segue, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to some of the words that people are, are coming up with. Uh, Dictionary.com has named allyship uh, their word of the year. Now, to be honest, I've never heard it used before. Nor have I. Is this a new word? Ross, do you know it? That's one that I've not come across. Um, it's, you know, the, the state of being an ally. I, yeah. I had never encountered it until um, Forbes announced. I saw it on Forbes the other day, dictionary.com's word of the year. I don't know it, really. I've never used no. it. Yeah, you would Nor say I, something is allied. Ally. You would just say something is allied, A-L-L-I-E-D. You don't need allyship. No, it sounds well, so clunky. Unless you're does. talking about I a mean, war. I, I, I think it's being used now, though, to like unlock. They said unlocking the power of diversity uh-huh. is the you know, allyship. I don't really, I don't understand. I think it's a business jargon word that's just uh, deserves to be retired. I think right now, premature retirement. Cambridge, no, thought, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say ally. I've heard ally certainly a lot. Like you know, so and so is an ally, or you're a gay ally, you're a whatever ally. But hmm. allyship just sounds ridiculous yeah. to me. We, we talk about political allies all the time. Uh, Cambridge Dictionary has chosen perseverance as their word of the year. Well, that's not a new word, but as I guess it, uh, it's because it describes something we've all had to do for the past year and a half. Persevere. Yeah, we actually had a we had a slight issue with that when we read it. Uh, perseverance is a very admirable uh, thing to be doing, but to some degree, perseverance can also blend over and lead bleed over into like overdoing something too. Mm-hmm. But I think the word took off this year because we were all persevering, yeah. but we're kind of sick of it now. We like balance is a better word for <laughs> next year. If I can interject, though, what I thought was interesting buried in uh, Cambridge's uh, talk about, you know, choosing perseverance was between uh, 30,000 of the searches. They did it by searches of um, the word. 30,000 were between February 18th and 24th. And that was NASA's Perseverance rover on Mars. Uh-huh. So part of me wonders, is it really a word of the year? Or was a lot of it sort of a Mars thing? Yeah. I don't know. Wow, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Because I was wondering where, why Perseverance of all words. Um, anyway, uh, another one. Uh, Collins Dictionary has chosen a word from the tech world, NFT, which is the, the short version of non-fungible token. <laughs> is that something I, that I just appeared say, this year? I have to say, I mean, it, it was, it's been around for, I think, a couple of years. But I have to say, I mean, this is off the topic of words, though. I really don't get the concept of <laughs> NFT. <laughs> We uh, we buy books a lot of times at auction, and one big auction house had a unique NFT. It was some artist did literally. No, it was a picture of a, some famous uh, basketball player, and it's an NFT of this ba- basketball card, and it has a picture of him, his name, and it says unique on top. And they were selling it, I think, for forty thousand dollars. Why would you want it? Mm. I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I have enough trouble with cryptocurrency, but at least I can get my mind around that. <laughs> NFTs are, are just beyond me. I don't know if I'm too old or I'm just too dumb. Yeah, well, I wonder, just, I wonder how many people understand what it means. If it's a word of the year, you would assume that most people would know it. But I never heard of allyship before or well, I may have seen NFT somewhere down the line. But it was one of those things where I thought, well, that's not for me. 
I'm with you, Leonard. I'm totally on your your side on that one. So uh, before we go to calls, and people are giving us calls already, um, our number here is 212-209-2877. Are there any words that you would have preferred? As a word of the year, that's yeah. a good question. Oh, gee, what about you, Ross? Like, I'm, 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 I'm not NFT. I'll say I'm not Vax. I mean, yeah. if you're going to say something that you hear all the time, I've got to say I'm on board with Vax. Just Vax or vaccine. It's just become so ubiquitous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but there's know. also anti-vax. True. Yeah, which we hear a lot. Huh. I think at this point I would say variant just because I think we're mm. all thinking variant now. Right. You know, a variant's become such a such a thing that's in our minds. Or what about Omicron? How do we even pronounce it? It's o- yeah, uh, some people say Omicron. Some say Omicron. Uh, we spent a lot of time with the Greek alphabet this year and in the recent past. Yes. Most of us don't really know it beyond Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. I suspect many people were unaware that Omicron was the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet before the Omicron <laughs> variant was announced. And uh, I'm sure we do, we do we all know what Omicron means in Greek or not? I don't. Because the O is, is obviously an O. Micron means little. Uh-huh. So Omicron means little O. And then omega, mega means big. big o, so uh, the last word of the alphabet is big O. Uh, it's, a, it's funny that when you say it, I think of course, but I, you don't you don't separate the thing. It's to me, it's just such a like a lump. It's 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 yeah. in and of itself, you know. I thought no, but it is it's micro and mega O. I always thought that the mega in omega was uh, the European version of make Europe great again. <laughs> oh, oh, I oh. wish I had thought of that. <laughs> okay, well, we have some calls coming in, so let's take a few of them. Our number again, 212-209-2877. WBAI, you're on the air. Yes, hello. Hi. Hi. I am just flabbergasted to the point when I hear the word multiple, I turn off the TV yeah. or the radio. I can't take it anymore. But it's on, it's, I, I'm reading it in print all the time and some very reliable sources, some very respectable sources. Suddenly multiple has become the word that covers a wide range from a, could be multiple, could be two or three, or it could be 2,000. It's taking away from the meaning of the word multiple. Multiple, right, usually infers a lot, like a real lot, not just one or two or three or four. And it's just taking away from the true meaning of the word. And I literally can't take it anymore. (laughs) You literally, now that's another word that we've been seeing a lot, but it does make sense in that context. Anyway... Thank you. Ross, you want to respond, Ross and Kathy? Well, technically, multiple means uh, the product of any quantity and an integer, so it can be literally two. I I actually agree, though. I think it's way overused. When I think of a multiple of things, I think of quite a few more things. So I agree with the caller. Yeah. Well, when people say it was literally raining, I mean, well, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> thanks for your call. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, hi. Hi, yes, I was going to say that, Lenny, you are the alpha and the omega of good radio listening. Ooh. But- <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, can I say, well, that's Greek to me? 
Yes, you certainly can. <laughs> certainly can. Uh, here's my, and also, by the way, this is amazing synchronicity. There's another word for you, because yeah. I was just thinking about um, when is Lenny going to do another word show? I was thinking this this morning, because someone on the radio had a chance to use the word penultimate correctly, and he didn't, you, he didn't take that chance. He was talking, it was Brian Lehrer, and he was talking about, today we're going to have our next to the last interview with the mayor, uh-huh. the outgoing mayor. Yes. And I thought, ah, there was a perfect chance for him to use penultimate and, and use it correctly, but he didn't. Well, that's but why the I mayor doesn't thinking. want me to talk to him. Because <laughs> I would have used penultimate. <laughs> The penultimate, yeah, our penultimate interview with Mayor de Blasio before he goes on his way. But um, so then we started thinking, and I've been thinking this for a while. Is there uh, that? Because I think the word penultimate is misused more than it's used correctly, yeah. and people use it to mean the ultimate, ultimate, you know, mm-hmm. beyond the ultimate. Um, and I think it's because we feel the need for such a word. We we need to invent a word for what is. The ultimate, ultimate thing, you know, what is the beyond the ultimate? But so my question really is, and I've wondered this for a while, is there a rule of thumb that, let's say, the dictionary editors use to decide when a word which has been, quote, misused for how long, when does it become correct? In other words, is it a rough kind of 30 percent of the people use it that way for 20 years, and now it is officially correct because, after all, the language is the language people speak. That's really interesting. All you have to do is, yeah, I mean, all you have to do is read Shakespeare, and you need a footnote. And because those words are not used that way anymore, if at all. So um, when, when will penultimate probably become, it'll say the second meaning is uh, the ultimate, beyond the ultimate. Mm. Um, is there a rule about that? Because irregardless is now officially correct in the Oxford. It's so funny. I was it. just going to say that. That's the thing. I, I just was thinking irregardless when you were saying yeah. that. It's a great it's question. It's not. Yeah. That's a really good question. And it's really hard to answer. One thing, there are two types of dictionaries, and there's a constant battle between them, prescriptivist and descriptivist dictionaries. The descriptivist dictionaries describe what is happening in language right now, and they don't tell you. Merriam-Webster is the prime example of that. It doesn't uh-huh. tell you this is necessarily correct. It says this is what's being used. Mm-hmm. So given right. that, so It may though, disappear question, next, week, next year. It may not even be yeah. in there next year because they're not saying it anymore next year. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't... But, but your question is a good one because I don't know and I've never read, I've never heard of a rule that says we're using this more or we're using that less or whatever. There used to be um, American Heritage Dictionary used to have a usage panel that was in um, Harper's, I think, wasn't it, Kathy? Or some Mac- I think so. I love would- that usage panel. I really miss the usage panel. And, and they, well, this is a long time ago. They would interview people like uh, Isaac Asimov, et cetera, and they would weigh different words. Like, should we say literally now means figuratively or not? And there would be like, and they had a couple of them, and the, and the, um, like the votes would change as as the word became more ingrained in it, and you kind of go, well, yeah, now we can say literally to mean figuratively. But I don't think there's a hard and fast rule about that. No, I'm I'm actually I'm, now I'm curious to look and see if there is something because I mean I do know that after it's been used, and and this is such a vague thing to say, incorrectly as you were saying, the caller, whose name I don't know, so I apologize, but um, oh, it's okay. It 
you know, after a certain point, they go, okay, it's being used so often, we've got to put it in here as non-standard. Then after a certain point, they get rid of the non-standard even. And I, but I don't know if there's a rule of thumb. There's a word where I think that that happens, a word inured, I-N-U-R-E-D, which Mm -hmm. I always thought means hardened, right? He saw so much suffering, he was inured to it, right? He doesn't Mm -hmm. experience it anymore. And people use it all the time uh, to mean it inures to his benefit. And I thought, that can't be right. And I said, what are you kidding? I haven't heard that. I'm just going to drive him nuts. I haven't heard that. Yes, it inures to his benefit. People say that a lot. And I thought they probably want to say accrues. It Mm -hmm. accrues to his benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what was interesting was there was a radio show, kind of a free-form late-night AM talk show, and the guy yeah. on the show used the word inured incorrectly. So me being, you know, my frustrated English teacher that I am, <laughs> I called him up and corrected him, right? And he said, no, no, he's sure, <laughs> yeah, he said he's sure that inured does mean um, like accrued. And sure enough, he looked it up on the air, and there it was in the Oxford English Dictionary, the second meaning right after oh. hardened or toughened or whatever it is, it says uh, amounting to the benefit or, or, or accruing to the benefit. It, it's, I, it, I'm shocked it was in there, so I had to shut up, you know? Actually, you're speaking right now. It's now correct. Right now. You so may want to call guy, him I back. A date there. When did it become correct? I'm sure it wasn't always correct. You say you never heard it. Well, actually, I think you should call your, your you should call this man back <laughs> because I'm, as we're talking, I just looked it up on the Oxford English Dictionary, <laughs> and we have not there. The first meaning is to wall in. The second meaning is to shut or to confine in a prison. A and then B oh. is to shut off, exclude, and then yeah. to, then the third meaning is to <laughs> encompass, encircle or shut in, and it says now rare, the last usage they have is 1820. <laughs> 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 Except on talk radio. Anyway, I got to take a little break here. <laughs> thank, thank you for your call. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, you're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. My guests are um, regular visitors to our show. We talk about language with Catherine and Ross Petrus, and we take your calls at 212-209-2877. We've got a, a number of people hanging on the line right now, so should we take another call? BAI, you're Absolutely. on the air. Hello. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, great. Hi, Leonard. Sure. Um, yeah, I want to know, when did the, the nominalization of verbs like ask and invite come into the language? They still bother me, and I try to avoid them. They sound like jargon. I'm not sure I understand what you're... You know, to say, uh, what's the ask, instead of saying oh. what's the question? Ah. Uh, I'm going to send you an invite, instead of I'm going to send you an invitation. Ah. We have perfectly good words. I gotta say, I'm with you on that one. It's a, it's one thing that sets my teeth on edge is that invite thing. I, I I always said invitation. I don't know why the verb suddenly became the noun. But then when I was complaining about it bitterly to someone, I looked it up. Apparently, it's not as com- I mean, it's not as new mm-hmm. as I expected. Mm-hmm. It has been around as invite slash invitation for a long time. Now, of course, now at the top of my head, I don't remember what. I'm still on the invitation camp. I, I don't understand why we have to have changed it. Does does ask as a noun have a different meaning from question? 
Right. What was his ask? People say, I, I, I when I hear that, I, I cringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. What was the ask there? Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Uh, <laughs> How long has it been used? Well, the, until, I don't know. To be honest, the Ross, question is, why is it necessary? We have, I have a, a thing from a, the rule of St. Benedict in Old English having uh, as an ask from like 1200 uh, mm. A.D. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I guess it's been around a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. B.A.I., you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Are you talking to me? I am. You're the one. Yes, Leonard, how are you? Okay. I um did you guys really said what NFT meant because it's really bothered me. I I don't get it. Huh? He, he doesn't get what you oh, don't get what NFT means? Non fungible yes, token? They they why do they I mean they choose that as really as the new word for the year? Collins Dictionary. Crazy. Yeah, why? That it's a, a tech word. It's uh, a tech word. I agree with you. I don't I don't see why it was chosen either. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would and, and and I have a I have a quick question. I, I I really am glad what you're doing. I like it. I really appreciate that. But can you tell me why do people use um the word year? Like you said the child is one year old. One year old. I hear that a lot. A, I don't say one years old. I say one year old. One year old. Yeah. I hear it on the news. Um, Shade Bederan must say it. People say it one years old. Hmm. Well, we do say two years old, three years old. Exactly. But one year exactly. is a, one is a singular. Old. Is a singular. It should yeah. be one year old. You're right. If you, if Absolutely. You, if you're you on national TV, <laughs> if you're on national TV and you're giving me the news, and you're telling me the child is one years old, <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I, I think, though, that people just have gotten really a little too casual. I'm, and I'm going to sound like an old stodge here, but I do think I there's like, like <laughs> I, 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 it bothers me as well. I think you're absolutely right. It's how hard is it to say one year instead of years? How hard is it to say anyway instead of anyways? I, I don't understand Ooh. it. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't get anyways either. But there are all sorts of words that make me cringe. For example, when people say less instead of few, uh, Mm. it's it's quite obvious when you should use one of those and when you should use the other. And yet now few seems to have pretty much disappeared from the English Mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take. We're all stalwarts. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes. I'm on the air. Great. Am I the anti-penultimate caller? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you or are you an uncle instead? Uh, <laughs> that's I'm sorry, very good, bad very good pun. Huh? Um, guys, I, I love when you guys are on the on uh, Leonard's show. I wish he would even have you <laughs> have you on more often. I don't like all of his <laughs> guests, but you guys, I love. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Um, well, you can also hear them, by the way. They have their own podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. So you can also catch up with them on those and, of course, read their books. Uh, 
Thank we you. love you, Thank Leonard. You, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, is it debauchery or is it debauchery? Debauchery. debauchery. Yeah, debauchery. Yeah. I say debauchery. He's right. That's what I say. You say debauchery. I say debauchery, too. Yeah. How about tomato, tomato there? <laughs> no? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's well, debauchery, you say. No, debauchery. Okay. Debauch, as in, yeah. Debauching. <laughs> I'm debauching. I'm, I follow debauchery. <laughs> Hopefully not too much. Um, <laughs> I, I Don't ask my husband. <laughs> um, I, one thing that, that bothers me uh, that bothers me. If I, I'm worried to even put out a sentence in front of you guys. I'm, I might say the wrong thing and, and look look foolish here. It's okay. Um, we don't know your address. Uh, yeah, good, good. <laughs> um, now, what is it if uh, what I've noticed often is that they frequently <laughs> most people who pr- pronounce there are a lot of people who pronounce the word using the word L and they'll bend the following vowel like. For example, I instead of saying I love that person, they'll say I love that person. And I hear it mostly with people who speak Spanish and English or from Canadians. Interesting. Uh, I haven't heard that or, or haven't been aware of it. But, I, you know, we hear people pronouncing words weirdly all the time. So, right, and we need a new Samuel Johnson, right? <laughs> Put them all in their place. For example, even with the we, – we discussed this earlier. Is it Omicron or Omicron? I would say Omicron, but I hear both on television and radio all the time. Yeah, I'm an well, Omicron girl. But, so. vowels are, but vowels are very interesting because how we pronounce our vowels really a lot of times does depend on where we're from. Oh, yeah. And right. what the caller is saying, which I think is really interesting, is apparently in northern New York and Canada around um, where I am in Toronto, uh, there are certain vowel changes going on as we speak. And people are gradually doing what apparently what he said with love or something. I can't do it. Love. But that's sort of that sort of sound. And it's really interesting to hear these changes occur. I mean, I think we hear that even with our own in our own lifetime. Watch a nineteen you know uh, 70s movie and watch a movie now and the yes. voices have changed. Sound patterns have right, changed. Right, right. Mm-hmm, you, you, mm-hmm. you definitely hear this. It's, it's almost like they're turning the, the O into a diphthong mm-hmm. instead of... Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm hearing it in my head it. now. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I hear with, uh, well, like I said, usually um, if, so, if someone's Hispanic and they're, they grow up in, within the university system and speaking Spanish, they won't have it as much. But if they don't mm-hmm. usually attend a university, they'll, more, they'll be more inclined to, to put, um, I like that person very much, as opposed to, I like that mm-hmm. person very much. Yes, so. with the, the L being a Y sounding, too. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm, I hadn't thought about, about it. it. Called now a, a I'm for having said that. Well, thank you for your call. Leonard, thank you. And um, uh, the, thank you for having these guests on. I, uh, I really appreciate it. Okay, well, well... Thank you. <laughs> well, we uh, plan to keep on having them on, so I guess you can sleep at night. Uh, should we take another call? BAI, yes. you're on the air. Hello. Yes, me? hi. Hi. So the thing that drives me crazy is misnomer instead of misconception. Uh-huh. And that's rampant. 
Interesting. I haven't heard that. so. So that you're you're hearing them like like misnomer when like someone says, "Oh, I, I had a misconception about this." They're saying I had a misnomer about it. No, that that. Give us an example. Well, um, I have to make one up, but um, uh, he thought that the vaccine was dangerous. But that's and that's a misnomer. Instead oh my God, that's so annoying! I mean, annoying. it's a bad example. It's a very bad example. <laughs> yeah. But but they use the word instead of mis- misnomer, and it just drives me up the wall. Oh yeah, rightly so. Yeah. And the the other thing that drives me insane, but it's completely unavoidable now, is people saying sort of in every other sentence when they're speaking. Oh well, not just sort yeah. of. They say right all the time. Uh, yeah, that too. But sort of is completely now off the rails. Hmm. It's, it's almost as bad as like. <laughs> the horrible thing about English these days is you could find a hundred things, I think, in a day to make you just go absolutely bonkers. Ooh. Really? I mean, yeah, it's I know. tough. Yeah, it's tough out there. <laughs> oh, and there's one more thing. Um, and you were talking about what was the app? So mm-hmm. that, that's used a lot in fundraising when people, you know, people in development, they go, you know, what was the ask? Like, how much mm-hmm. did you ask them to yeah. give? And so oh. and a parallel is uh, using the word get, like that was a good get if you're getting a get mm-hmm. or something uh-huh. for uh-huh. your show. Yes. Oh, that was a good get. Thank you anyway, so much for your call. Yourself. I have to take a little break here, and we'll be back with more calls, 212-209-2877. I also have some more questions for our guests. I say either, you say neither, and I say neither, either, either, and either, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potato. You like tomato, and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Back with our guests, Catherine and Ross Petrus, uh, authors of a number of books from 10 Speed Press. The most recent one, Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. They also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. And we are taking your calls at 212-209-2877. A lot of people calling, but I, I can I take a few moments to talk about some other words that I've been seeing, um, many of them related to COVID, like breakthrough infection, super spreader, vaccine passport. Do you think these words will disappear if and when COVID is finally gone, or will they become permanent parts of the language? I think it depends on if we're going to have uh, not even necessarily COVID, but more of these uh, in- infectious diseases going around the world. One thing that interested us, we write, we're writing a book, um, we're getting a book actually coming out now on um, actually body parts in history. Huh. And, um, <laughs> Very it's off topic. Weird, it's a wow. weird topic, but we've done some research on a woman called so-called typhoid Mary. Yes. And they had contact tracing then, and they used various words relating to um, and epidemics and pandemics. And it was interesting doing research because those words have pretty much disappeared. They were really, they were everywhere in the early 1900s mm-hmm. and then they were gone. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if this depends, I think, really on the disease rather than the word. Well, the other things have changed. We have words like pod and bubble, which had mm-hmm. other meanings before COVID, but now have come to mean a small group of people are considered safe to be around. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if we're going to just be continuing talking about people's pods or bubbles. And another, other new words that are being added to the dictionaries come from online usage, like de-platform, meaning to remove somebody yeah. from a form mm-hmm. of communications. If you're banned from Facebook or Twitter, have you been de-platformed? Mm. I, to me, a lot of these words, I think, really do have a short shelf life, though. I, when I think about it, I do think that they're they're so contextual and they're so um, tied to the times that I, I think a lot of these are going to die. I actually do. I think that we're going to have them for, I don't know, five years or so, and, well, and they'll just sort of phase out. Well, what about cancel culture or woke? Cancel culture, yeah. Well, cancel culture be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> you want to cancel be, that one? Yes, please. <laughs> but, it's, but it's also funny, though, how words that we think are going to stick don't. I'm always amazed. Years ago, when I was a kid, we had Xeroxing. We've talked about this mm. before. Xeroxing something instead of photocopying something. Yes. And I thought Xeroxing was here to stay. I thought that that word was that was the word. And it, it barely exists anymore. Does the company so even think, exist anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one know. of our listeners does. Yeah. Should we take some more calls? Oh, yeah. They're fun. Yeah, we've been getting such good calls. Hello. Our number here is 212-209-2877. WBAI, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Yes? It's you. Okay. Well, some things I agree with you and others. I, you I have to speak so- up a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Where you are on speaker. Um, some things I, I definitely agree with. Things, words will change. I've always con- been considered like an, an English word um, Nazi. I used to always look for the <laughs> correct pronunciations. And even that word drives me crazy when people say, and I always said it too, pronunciation when it's pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Those things I tend to correct other people. But um, as far as an ask... It's not a question in that sense. It's like after somebody's pleading with them. So what is your ask? What do you want? What are you trying mm-hmm. to say? What do you mm-hmm. want from mm-hmm. me? The same way Google as a noun has become a verb. I hate that the word irregardless that you say has become acceptable. That That's the exact opposite of what it means. It's irre- This I, re- mm-hmm. I correct people on. It's uh, irre- irrespective. Mm-hmm. Regardless mm-hmm. is word they're trying to say when they say irregardless. Now, what happens mm-hmm. when you correct people? Because I'm always uncomfortable at the thought no, of correcting people. No, I don't always, people. but except with irregardless mm-hmm. sometimes. And if they're a friend, I know what they mean. I said, you mean this or that. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, it's all, and awesome, awesome. People always saying awesome when Oh, God, awesome drives me crazy. Sorry, I'm interrupting, but oh. (laughs) Or it's amazing. And then when you're interviewing someone, very often the interviewer starts with, so it, so, with the word so, Mm -hmm. instead of answering the question. How about when they start off with, I mean? Now, I have, we haven't even, I mean always seems to me to be a clarification. How can it start off a sentence? Right, exactly, exactly. And these things we have become acceptable. There are some things that I learned that when, uh, except for things like irregardless, which mean the opposite, 
I remember telling my mom as a kid when she'd say, don't say ain't, we'd say, well, ain't is in the dictionary now. So things mm-hmm. become in the dictionary, they colloquial. I just would like people to know the real word. But I remember my daughter going to high school with some snooty kids who had gone to private school, and she would come home and correct me. And I'd be a little embarrassed, and then I realized, hey, I don't, we don't speak the King's English. Our language has changed with many people from different cultures and years and generations. And I grew up saying the word comfortable instead of comfortable. And I don't, and I like saying comfortable, and I was corrected by others. No, it's comfortable, which actually sounds nicer, but I like my word. <laughs> but do you say it was uh, it was a comfort instead of it was a comfort? Yes. Oh. Well, you okay. know, and also, I think it also depends on the context. I don't know if I got it from reading or hearing language early on, because I used to read a lot. But I will say, neither do I. But there are other times I'd say, neither do I. It's mm. whatever, which seems more appropriate. I don't know why I do that, but... Is there a difference between neither or neither? I neither and neither fascinates me. This is either and either because you can use either or either. Depending, I know. I'm the same with you. As 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 that song suggests, you say either and I say you say neither and I say neither. (laughs) Yeah, either. Although Kathy and I were having a big debate about either, either, neither, neither the other day because Kathy insisted she said something to the effect of "I I only say either." And then I caught her a couple minutes later saying either. And yes. we both noticed what you're saying, that we're switching them a bunch of times. And presumably it sounds more mellifluous when you use it with one word and not the other. But we cannot and we figure, can't out, figure out the rule. Yeah. Well, either one's okay. Either yeah. one is okay. Well, I also grew up saying another word that is totally incorrect. And I am kind of embarrassed, but I found a lot of people say it. I grew up saying radiator uh, and one day my daughter says ma it's a radiator yes radiator it radiates heat. and i'm thinking duh but why did i say <laughs> radiator and all those years i've said it and i started asking people and there are other people who also say radiator yeah. and i feel just like with the word comfortable i feel comfortable saying radiator but i know it makes no sense well to some degree it's because we've heard it pronounced that way Yes. First. So I, I grew up with a lot of yeah. people who said radiator, but my mother wouldn't have allowed me to use it, to pronounce it that way. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I think Thank you for your call. Radiator is New York. And let's take another radiator call. Radiator is totally a New York pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's take it. Brooklyn, maybe. That's where I grew up. Uh, BAI, you're on the air. Hi there. I have a problem with the substitution of the word on for for and in. As in, I'm waiting on you, mm-hmm. standing online, instead of I'm waiting for you, I'm standing in line. It used to be only in the hood, and now you hear everybody using it, even people who are educated. I don't know. I've heard I'm uh, standing online ever since I was born. It's a computer so. word. Ever since computers, it's on has, yeah. it's not just about computers now. It's like I'm standing online. Yeah, well, we are, yeah, you can reach us online. Grocery store. Online is a very New York thing. No, I'm not talking about online. I'm talking about the grocery store lines. I'm standing online waiting for the cashier. Yeah. Online online as in waiting online as opposed to waiting in line. Waiting online is is a regionalism for the New York area, totally. I mean, it's it's other places, too. And then on the waiting line. 
And then on the waiting for versus waiting on, waiting on is South dialect, apparently. It's very common in the South, not so common up here, which is interesting. Oh, it's, it's where I live in the city. Everybody says on instead of for and in. Yeah, I would well, say I'm waiting online. I'm waiting on you. This sounds strange to me. Well, yeah, waiting. That's I'm not crazy about waiting on you. I, I, frankly, I, I, whatever. <laughs> I hear that as like a waiter waiting on you. Yes. Waiting, yeah, yeah. Waiting. I don't hear it as waiting for someone. I agree, but apparently it's dialectical and it, it does spread. It has spread apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's spreading everywhere now. Anyway, thank so you we have to me. all accept it. <laughs> no, yeah, I think so. It's gotten to be way too common to do anything about. Well, some things are common that doesn't make it good. We while back we were talking about how a lectern had become a podium. It's yeah. still a lectern, and the thing you stand on is still the podium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're fighting a losing battle on that letter right now. We are. Awesome is Valley Stone. If you live in California, you'll hear it everywhere. Which, what word? Awesome. Uh-huh. Valley speak. Well, thank you for your call. And should we take another call? Let's take another one. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, is that me? It's you. Oh, hi, Leonard. You're great, of course. Um, well, thank I, you. I, my call became two parts because I was calling and calling, and I said, this is going to be my last try. And I suddenly thought, uh-oh, maybe it's my last attempt. Mm. But my question <laughs> is, it's like the ask, you know, thing. Uh, but my question, my I guess my statement is, I think we have to give up on the direct object of, this is a usage thing, um, he invited my friend and I. She gave it to my mm. friend and I. It, it was always there, but it's never been worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we lost. I think so, too. I agree. <laughs> me think so, too. Me think so, too. gave it to me. <laughs> Very nicely said. <laughs> he gave it to me. Yeah. You know, just take out the other person, and you know what you're supposed to say, and then it becomes mm-hmm. automatic, but no. Yeah, I, I think that's you know, I think that's I valid. That I can't get used to. I hate hearing it. Me Between and I, you and I, that, it was on TV the other day. There was I was watching Netflix, and it was the the character goes between you and I. I think that I, yeah. I just cringe when I hear it. I can't mm. help it. Mm. I think it's a losing battle, but I can't help it. So yeah, I agree. And the try and attempt. I don't know. I guess I just is my way off. I suddenly realized maybe it should be attempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, can I just cram this in? Stop the steal should be stop the theft. Yes. <laughs> Thanks very much. I didn't Thank hear you. that one. Excuse me? I couldn't hear the last He said part. stop the steal, which has been part of the political oh, dialogue God, recently. Yeah. He <laughs> said it should be stop the theft. He's right. Yes, of course. <laughs> That was a good ask. <laughs> and, and you are listening to Leonard Lopez at Large on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. My guests are Catherine and Russ Petrus, um, uh, who, who are uh, 
Well, by the way, I just have to take a little break. Um, I need to alert the audience to the fact that WBAI has had to institute an emergency tower fund drive to pay the back rent on our broadcast tower. And without that tower, we can't stay on the air. So I hope that everyone who's listening now and enjoying the show will go to WBAI's website, WBAI.org, to find a link to the tower fund donation page, or they can call 212-209-2900. Five zero to make Tower Fund donations. And just one more thing before I go to more calls. This is something that suddenly struck me and disturbed me, and I don't know why it upset me so much, but I found something a disappointment. And then I started thinking about why is it disappointment? Because the word appointment doesn't seem to apply here. Uh, uh, appointment is an arrangement for a meeting. Uh, it's a about equipment and furnishings, like the the expensive homes have luxurious appointments. It's about non-elective office or positions. They they hold an academic appointment. It's an act of appointing someone, someone like in uh, and in law, the designation by virtue of a vested power of person to enjoy an estate. So where does disappointment come into all of that? Is this just? One of those weird quirks of the language? There's a, hmm. some debate about that, actually. It's interesting. It appears to have come from the French, disappointment, but they're not sure. Or it could come from, as you just said, disappoint and then the meant. But then we have the question is where did disappoint come from? And it becomes dis is the reverse of or the opposite of um, a point. So therefore, it would be the opposite of undoing it yes. right of undoing it so it'd be ter- so it'd be a part taking apart the appointment in that sense yeah but di- but I'm if I'm disappointed with something it has nothing to do with any of those things I'm just sad that something turned out the way that it did then again I think the appo- maybe I'm dissing it too much <laughs> <laughs> You're hot tonight. <laughs> I, I feel like I got to be on my toes now. But wait a second. If appointment, though, I'm just looking at it now. I had to look it up. But appointment would be fulfillment hope. of something. Yeah. So uh, therefore, it's disappointment is the lack of uh, the uh, lack of what you hoped for, the lack yes. of what you had arranged for. Yeah. So okay. You're disappointed about a bad couch, so you're you would hope for a good couch. I guess that would be how it would work. But now, how do we get the appointment as in like an appointment as in, you know, a meeting or something Mm -hmm. out of that? Or somebody being named to something. Anyway, let's move on. We'll think about that, right? Thank uh, you. And we have lots of calls, and I want to—I don't want to disappoint my callers. (laughs) BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes. Is that me? It's you. Oh, it's hard to tell when you're— Waiting on hold, it sounds the same. What I was going to say keeps changing as I listen to the the, the commentary that goes on. Um, I just thought of um, how should have is contracted to should have, mm-hmm. and in print and in speech, apparently it becomes should of. Oh God, this is oh oh yeah. oh you've right? you've hit on a very I hate that this is like a real sore spot for me. Uh, Ross and I've talked about that nause, and we we're, we're actually working on another book, and that's is a part of it. It's exactly it's understandable, what you said. I guess because it's what it sounds like uh, when exactly and all that exactly it's the, the other spelling. one is because somebody just mentioned trying versus uh, attempting. 
try to seems to have morphed into try and. I'm going to try and get there. And I, I hear everybody yeah. all the way up to the president of the United States uh, of either party say things like that. Try Instead of try to, I'm going to try and. Mm-hmm. It's not really yes. a clear meaning. But, I mean, we could just go on and on, obviously. <laughs> as, um, Basically, what we're determining that, is that people don't speak correctly. Is that it? I would like to put it as they're carefully. saying it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of what people are Although reading the, is very informal writing these days. They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. reading what other people wrote non-professionally on social media, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although there was actually, when you mentioned try and, I actually looked it up a while back because I was actually curious about that. I noticed the same thing. and I don't like try and. But apparently try and has been around a long time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's correct or it's good. Yeah. But it has been around a long, long time. They had, I think Merriam-Webster went back to the 1500s with wow. a, a man saying, uh, I will try and seek my and seek my fortune. So it's interesting how even if we call them misusages, they are a lot of times very common in the language. So the question then becomes, why did this happen? And of course, there's no answer to that. And is the other question, the other question whether if something has been around for 600 years it has become correct usage if it's uh, if it's not very common not necessarily at all i mean what is correct we get into like etymological debate now what does correct mean correct Mm -hmm. i guess Mm. a lot of people use it and we understand it to mean that but is it correct i don't know no one knows really well let's Let's take another call. We're running out of time. I want to sneak another caller in. Hello. Hi, BAI. You're on the air. Hello, Leonard. Yes. Yes. In the first in the first place, you and uh, Jonathan Schwartz are sorely missed by so many WNYC listeners. But Ta- my the pet peeve I wish to share with you and your guests uh, is a pronunciation matter. So many of the on-air personalities on WFAN have adopted the Michelle Obama pronunciation of words beginning with S-T-R, such as struggle. They pronounce it as struggle, hmm. strike. Yeah. And that, that uh, uh, terribly irks me. Uh, of course, Richard Neer is an exception. He's a literate person. But uh, how, do, how do we account for that, the adoption of uh, uh, S-T-R words, uh, uh, pronouncing them as S-H-T-R? Uh, have you noticed that uh, phenomenon lately? Actually, yes. It's causing you strife? Strikes. We <laughs> all <laughs> as if the management of WFAN have ordered the uh, their uh, semi-literate uh, uh, on-air personalities to pronounce the words in that way. And I've heard other news readers on other stations pronounce words such uh, struggle as struggle and so forth. Yeah, it's struggle. Apparently, it's apparently a recent development. Some people were wondering if it came from Yiddish. Or the no, no. I said it was I can't think so. There's another people theory that comes from satirizing with Michelle Obama, come. and now it's become a, uh, it's become uh, de rigueur. I know. Yeah, no. Mm. A lot of a lot of linguists are now calling it. It says it's drifted from um, various dialects of, of American English, including African American English is one guess as well. It's all over the place, though. I've heard it in California as well as on the East Coast. And I, the, the problem with like uh, with continental drift is there's no real way of figuring out where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have any really of you fun. noticed 
I hear social security. I, I, I was just thinking when we were talking about this, I hear a lot of times it's social. I can't do it now. I can't even mispronounce it. I'm hearing social security mispronounced a lot on air now. Hmm. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how it's pronounced. But have you, any of you noticed it? There's something wrong. It's like social. I, I can't do it. Hmm. I can't do it. I haven't it's heard social. that one, but thank God for social security. listen thank you for your call and i thank all the callers i'm sorry we couldn't get to more but we have pretty much run out of time my guests uh who will be back with us i hope within a couple of months uh uh, as far as I'm concerned, I could have you on pretty much every other week. Uh, <laughs> we Kat, love it. We love being on. The callers are fabulous. Well, they really are. We are in New York and we are on WBAI, so we expect our callers to be smart and uh, <laughs> to be engaged. And our guests have been Catherine and Ross Petrus. Their most recent book is Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. They've also written That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, and You're Saying It Wrong, all of them published by 10 Speed Press. They have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong, which people can access how? Oh, through um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all of them, all of the, uh, NPR.com, all of those, uh, NPR.org, any of the uh, standard podcast places. Well, thank you again. Podcast places, I like that. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll speak to you soon. Okay, great. great. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of our show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn for preparing today's interview and to Reggie Johnson, our live engineer, and to Leonard Lopate at Large's executive producer, Jesse Lent, for all of the great work that they do throughout the week. You can access our archive of over 500 past shows at WBAI.org. And we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. There are also links to all of our past shows at LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. And if you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at wbai.org. Before I sign off today, I need to ask you to consider supporting WBAI to keep the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. We are asking all of our listeners who have the means to do so to make a contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to wbai.org or by calling 212. 212- 209-2950 right now. That's 212-209-2950. We need your help to keep bringing you this unique in-depth content. WBAI relies 100% on listener donations, so if you tune in regularly to Leonard Lopit at Large, why not let us know that you appreciate what we do on this show by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 to keep this historic station, the only one on the New York radio dial that's completely listener-sponsored, alive and thriving with your tax-deductible contribution. And there's another thing to consider right now. As I mentioned earlier, WBAI has had to institute an emergency tower fund drive to pay the back rent on our broadcast tower. Without that tower, we can't stay on the air. 
So we hope that you'll go to WBAI's website, WBAI.org, to find a link to the Tower Fund donation page. Or you can make that call to the same number I've been giving you, 212-209-2950, to make a Tower Fund donation. My great thanks to everyone who's already stepped up to support the station in the name of Leonard Lopit at large. And I hope that you can join us again on Monday when Slavoj Žižek will discuss his new book, Heaven in Disorder. Have a great weekend.